Welcome into the Ots and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prame. Eric Scopel is on the show with me as always. Eric, we are one day away from Oregon versus Auburn, and you and I are both in Dallas, Texas. I know. It, it's, uh, well, I, I, I think technically you're in Arlington, maybe. I don't know. Who knows where we are? <laughs> we're, we're, we're somewhere where it's really hot. We're somewhere where it's very warm, although it was very warm in Eugene when we left as well. Uh, we should mention Tuesday was like 105 degrees, which was, uh, not, not my favorite, but you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, we're down here. Uh, I had air getting... conditioning, by the way. I was cool as a cucumber. Ah, see, I don't, I don't have air conditioning, so I was sweating with a, with a fan, like, blurring in my face, but uh, to each his own. Uh, yeah, but we're down here. We're getting ready for a massive, massive football game. And what better way to prepare for it than talking on a podcast, right? Yes, 100%. And then we'll go and try some barbecue all day. That's, and that's actually kind of, that's actually really why I'm down here, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know. There's a football game being played. I don't know if I'll be there. I might just be at a, I might just be checking out barbecue all day. We'll see. That was my line in the show script. Oh, shoot. Sorry. You want to, re- should we redo it? <laughs> That's no, not. My, my bad. Right. I, I misread that on the script. I thought that was a, that was a Matt line, not an Eric line. Ah, shoot. Uh, we're getting you ready for this football game tomorrow. Uh, 2019 kickoff. Is it the kickoff classic? Is that like the official name of this game? Correct. It's yeah. the it's the first meeting between these two teams since 2011, uh, when Oregon played Auburn in the 2011 BCS National Championship game. Was uh, Dyer down? Game ever? At, should we start there? Was Dyer down? Oh, <laughs> I think that's low hanging fruit. It is. Like, yeah, too low. I, I think he was down, but you played to the whistle, and there was not a whistle blown. Sad times. Sad, sad times. But we're not going to rehash that one because I think we might get a lot of hate responses from people of, from Duck fans listening to this podcast if we go in depth of that. But uh, this is the. Um, Advocare Classic AT&T State, uh, Advocare Classic at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. And that is the only time from now until whenever Oregon plays in this game ever again, I'm going to be calling it by that name. Uh, it, it's just Oregon versus Auburn at AT&T Stadium or Cowboys Stadium. I don't care what the game notes say. I don't care what the official notes of this game are called. Uh, we're playing in Dallas, not Arlington, um, to make it simple. Uh, and this is at the Cowboys Stadium. Oregon versus Auburn. Uh, the Tigers are 16th in the country coming into this one. The Ducks are 11th according to the AP poll. Uh, they're 13th in the coaches. We're going to go with the AP because the coaches poll is basically SID's voting. Um, and I just, I, I trust the media more than I trust, um, the SIDs because they've got so much more on top of their, their plates that are much more important than voting on a top 25. Um, What's kind of your feel of this game, Eric? I mean, I'm talking with a lot of my friends and you know people on the site on DuckTerritory.com, and um, we're talking with people. Or I see them in the streets and whatnot as we traveled out, and um, there's a lot of back and forth. I mean, I've heard a lot of people, oh, it's a huge game, big game. Super worried though, super nervous. Is Oregon going to be ready? Like, I'm kind of cool as a cucumber. I mean, I think this is a huge game. It's a huge opportunity. Um, I think Oregon's got. Uh, a, a very tough task at hand, but I'm kind of going into this game thinking, you know, there's things that are concerning, and yet I think there's a lot more concerns for Auburn than there is with Oregon, and maybe that has to do with the fact that I, I look at the most position, most important position on the on the field at quarterback, 
Oregon has a guy that's arguably, if not the, the best player at his position in the country, and Auburn is starting a true freshman. Yeah, maybe it's the humidity down here, but I'm I'm sweating a little bit more than you, I think, because uh, the wide receiver position just is is potentially a problem. And, and you, we talked about that the quarterback Oregon has and Justin Herbert and how great he is, and everybody everybody listening to this podcast is obviously very aware of of him and, and what he's been able to accomplish thus far at Oregon. But uh, this, you know, with some of the injuries that have taken place, this could be. I'll put it this way: I, I don't have a I have less confidence in this group right now probably than I did in the group a year ago. Um, and that's not a great thing to say because last year's group wasn't great outside of Dylan Mitchell, who again isn't with this team. So, uh, that's, that's my, probably the one thing I'm, I'm really concerned about is, is I know Justin Herbert can put the ball on the money. Can his guys catch it? Can they get open to catch it? Or is this going to be a thing where he's throwing it into traffic and, and, and hoping his guys hold on to it and, and whatnot. So, uh, that's my big concern, but I agree for the most part. You're right. I think the Bo Nix being a true freshman quarterback thing is going to go one of two ways. He's either going to be incredible and you're going to be like, man, this guy's going to be a Heisman Trophy candidate sometime in his career, maybe even as soon as this year, or it's going to go really, really poorly, and you're going to end up seeing a lot of Joey Gatewood, who he was battling all fall for the job uh, in this game because it's it's Nix is just not going to be ready for the big moment. So, uh, But, yeah, I'm, I'm – I, I've been going back and forth, and we'll talk about predictions and stuff as, during this podcast, obviously. But I've been going back and forth in my head about man, like my confidence is is wavering a little bit just because of those issues at wide receiver, and maybe that's too knee jerk. But we saw it last year with the issues at wide receivers, and, and I'm not necessarily feeling any better right now uh, than I did a year ago. Uh, yeah, I certainly am not trying to you know sugarcoat the receiver position group. I think that's a huge issue, and I, I think that kind of goes into what is next on this podcast of what kind of tips the scale uh for Oregon and Auburn. And I think you look at this, you look at this game, I think it's simple. It boils down to two, two things. And that they're, they're one on each team and they're the same topic. Who can throw the ball better than the other team? Because, or, or if, if, if both teams have, a viable passing attack. I think this game goes from being a game played in the twenties to a game being played maybe in the low forties. Um, we'll, we'll see what, you know, college football is like with a bigger sample size, but typically week one, you see a ton of, you know, missed tackles, missed assignments, uh, big plays, uh, you know, plays that maybe should be five yards going 50 yards because of poor pursuit angles and, you know, just knock it off that rust of the, of the first game. And, you know, if someone can develop a passing game or if both teams can develop a passing game, I think that really changes the entire dynamic of how this football game is going to be played because both teams are going to be really good up front uh, defensively. Um, I think Oregon's offense, I would probably give the offensive line – the nod over Auburn's, but that's not to say that Auburn isn't a good offensive line either. I mean, they've got guys at that position that are good. Um, and they've got good athletes at that spot. They've got some solid depth, probably not as deep as Oregon, but you know, their first six or seven guys are, are probably going to be, you know, pretty c- close to what Oregon can, can put out there. So I think, I think who can throw the ball is going to be what really sets the table for whatever offense, uh, if, if, or both really. 
to have a chance at winning this football game. Yeah, no, it, I, I don't disagree with that. There's question marks there. And I think, like you said, the one thing both sides are probably confident or about or most confident about is, is just their up front. I think Oregon's offensive line, defensive line are good. I think Auburn's offensive line is good and its defensive line could be great. Uh, and, and yeah, that's going to be, I think, something you feel pretty confident about. But you're right. There are so many question marks, you know, for both sides in the passing game. And we'll see what happens. All right, Oregon. Let, Oregon's going to win this game. They're going to lose this game. Why do they lose in your mind? I think if they lose, based upon the thing we were just talking about with the receivers, if 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 this becomes a game where Oregon cannot effectively pass the ball or move the ball down the field through the pass, I think Auburn's defensive line, which is one of the best in the country, uh, and its linebackers are going to just stack the box and force, you know, and try to force Oregon to throw the ball and make plays in the passing game. If they can't do that, they're going to have a really hard time moving the football. And, and, and you said this game could maybe, uh, you know, if everything breaks the way you played in the forties, I am not confident that that can, can really even be close to happening unless we see a lot better play from the receivers than what we saw last year. And, and certainly kind of, you know, we're going to need, Oregon needs to see some guys step up, right? I mean, like, Brian Addison probably has to have a pretty good game. Josh Delgado has to have a good game, probably. Uh, Jalen Red and Johnny Johnson probably have to be a little bit, certainly have to be better than they were last year. And, and Jawan Johnson is probably the wild card, uh, the Penn State grad transfer. He needs to have a really good game, I think. So, you know, and then the tight end position, again, you know, there's been some injuries there. Breland's back, it sounds like. McCormick seems to be working his way back. Uh, there's just a lot of question marks there, and, if those questions aren't answered or those guys don't play very well, uh, that's probably why they lose. Is they, you know, if they can't throw the ball effectively, I just don't see them winning this game. What's at the receiver position? Now, real, real quick before I give you what, why they win, why they lose for me. Yeah. Um, if you were going to say Oregon is led in receptions or in receiving yards by blank, who is that guy going to be and what would you think be a good guess of kind of like his final stat line for a game. I'm going to say this is this is best case scenario or this is just my prediction in general. This is kind of your prediction in general. Okay, uh I'm going to say I think Oregon is going to have a little bit of a hard time moving the ball. I should say I think I have a hard time going vertical in this game. Uh you look at Auburn's corners are really really fast. You got track guys, you got uh guys that run, you know, I guess from what I've read close to like 10-3, 10-2 in the 100 meters. I think they're going to have a hard time getting the ball down the field vertically. So I think it's going to be quite a bit of stuff underneath. And that's where I think Jalen Red probably is the guy. And, and I think he's going to end up with seven catches for maybe 90 yards or something like that. I don't necessarily know if he gets anything. You know, I don't know if he has a lot of 20-yard catches or, or big plays down the field. But I think he, especially with Micah Pittman not being available, he's going to play a lot. He's going to be asked to do a lot. And I, that would be my pick for the guy who – I think leads the group just because I do think he last year, he had maybe some issues with drops, but he's one of the more reliable options out there. And I think there, that's going to be a guy that, that Herbert relies upon more than anyone else. I'm going to go Jacob Breland. Yeah, that's a good pick too. I think Breland finishes the game with something like six catches for 60 yards, 70 yards. I, I, I'm with you. I think this is a game that, it's going to be a, bl- a, a clear blown assignment if Oregon goes over the top and, you know, gets a 50 yard pass or something of that nature. 
Um, I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of deep balls. I think it's going to be Oregon dinking and dunking down the field. And this is where Herbert kind of steps into the game, I think, um, you know, and goes and, and is the difference maker because he can, you know, laser pinpoint accuracy throw guys open. And I think yeah. we're going to, we're going to see, you know, somewhere around 200 yards passing the football and, you know, maybe a little bit more than that. You know, but it, it's going to be spread out pretty evenly. Um, and that goes with, you know, my, my assignment of why Oregon doesn't win. I think if, if Oregon's not going to win this football game, it's because what I just said doesn't happen. You know, Oregon, Oregon can't even throw for 150 yards or a hundred, you know, 125 yards because their receivers can't get separation. Herbert can't throw every single pass, uh, into tight windows and he gets picked off a couple times and, you know, Oregon's run game isn't going to be uh, going. It's going to be going up against an, a stout front seven, and you know that group's going to you know hold them in check and basically dare the Ducks to to go over the top and throw the football, and they're not going to be able to do it. Um, I think that's you know Oregon's. I, I I have complete confidence that Oregon's defense will will hold Auburn to enough points that you don't even have to be elite offensively to win. You just need to be decently good. You know, you need three or four touchdowns and you win. I think Oregon, I think Oregon does, you know, a good enough job defensively that they, that they can put yourself in that position. It's just now will they have the receivers in the passing game step up to win the game? Uh, well, Matt, what becomes the narrative nationally, you think, if, if Herbert say he's like 16 for 33 for 145 yards with like one touchdown? You know what I mean? Like, it, but it's clearly not his fault. It's, it's receivers aren't getting open and stuff. Do you think? Do they lose? Do they lose close? Or do they lose big? Uh, let's say that they lose by like ten points, and he, but he doesn't have a very good game. His stat line looks bad. Do you think the national narrative shifts on him? Because I think the national yeah. narrative shifts a little bit to he's a little overrated. He's not as good as we were expecting. But I think it'll. But if if it's like hey, like he gets hit with seven or eight drops. I mean, there there was a lot of stuff out there nationally and locally about Oregon's receivers, you know, not receiving, you know, catching the the football last season. That will amplify itself tenfold. It's over if yeah. if they come out and they struggle against Auburn and and there's some play, pretty blatant drops. I mean that that's gonna you know that's gonna get amplified tremendously uh, if, if Oregon comes out and. And they, you know, they have a game like you said, you know, with the throwing the football. If they get blown out in general, like 17, 14, 21 or more points, like three scores or more in this football game, I don't think it matters how many balls Oregon drops. It's going to fall squarely on Herbert. Yeah. No, I think, I think you're right. And, and I do think there will be some people who, if they're just stat sheet, you know, chasers and they didn't watch the game and they see those numbers, there's going to be some people going like, Oh, uh, I told you, Herbert. Yeah. Look at the stats last year. We saw this coming, even though it maybe it's unjustified. Now, what? Let's flip the script. What's the narrative going to be if if this is a game like Stanford and they win? Yeah. Because you remember, you know, let me pull up his stats real quick in that Stanford game. Yeah, he was incredible he, in that game. He was out. He was outrageously good. I mean, it, it was maybe the most efficient um, play from a quarterback at Oregon we've seen in a very very long time. And and. and it, yeah, I mean, you should mention that you're going to pull those numbers up. Uh, there were uh, quite a few incompletions in overtime on, oh yeah, on, on passes that were looked like 
pass interference. I was right there, kind of going like, are we not throwing flags this overtime period? Not to get too too much back to that, but I think the numbers you're about to pull up, his regulation numbers are even better because I think he had four, maybe three or four incompletions in that overtime period alone. I think he only had like the same number for all of regulation. Yeah, you you look at what he did um, in, against Stanford. He threw – let me pull it up real quick here. Uh, he was – those are the last five games. I want all the games. Give me all the games. Yes, give me all the games. Uh, against Stanford in 2018, he was 26 of 33 for 346 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He was sacked four times. He had a, a, a QBR rating of 91.1. Um, and I think at one point he had completed like 14 or 15 straight passes. Yeah, he was money in that game. And, and, and like you said, going into overtime, um, just real quick, I want to look at the play by play if I, if I can. Um, one incomplete pass to Dylan Mitchell. One incomplete pass to Jacob Breland. One incomplete pass to Dylan Mitchell. One incomplete pass to Dylan Mitchell. And then he was intercepted. So, yeah. They, 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 he had one pass for 15 yards that went to Johnny Johnson that was completed. So he had one, two, three, four. He had five of his six incomplete passes. <laughs> yeah. In that overtime period. And, and or you, seven. Excuse me. Seven. Yeah. Well, five and, of his seven incomplete passes in that overtime period. Yeah, and, and if you go watch the tape on it, uh, the, the, all those ones to Dylan Mitchell, Dylan Mitchell was being, you know, he was grabbed and pulled and knocked over on basically all of those. So, uh, yeah, he was, he was incredible in that game. So yeah, if he goes out and has a game like that against, against Auburn on Saturday or tomorrow, uh, that's like, he maybe rises right to the, you know, the top of the Heisman discussion, especially. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be that Auburn. good, but I'm expecting something like that. Like, that's where he comes yeah. out and he's 22 of 27 in the football game. You know, that's, I don't, I don't know if he's going to go over the top a ton. You know, Mitchell had 14 receptions for 239 yards that game and he averaged 17 yards, uh, a catch and he went for a long of 53. I think it's going to be more of like what everyone else did. You know, Breland had 34 and, you know, long of 18 and Johnny went, Johnson went for 34, you know, long of 15. Jalen Red, a long of 14. I think that's going to be what it's going to be from a passing standpoint. But I, I, I think Herbert's going to come out and this is pretty typical too. You go look at his really big games. He did this again against Washington. He did it the following week last year against California when, you know, they went down and, and won their first road game in a, in a what, year and a half in, in Pac 12 play. Um, I, I just think he's going to come out. He, he usually comes out dialed really, really good in the big games. He plays really poorly in the games um, when you least expected it, like Washington State, Arizona. Um, I think he wasn't very good, uh, I think, against UCLA, right? The year before, you know, last year, yeah. um, 18 of 32. You know, Utah, he was, he was decent, 20 of 33 for, you know, for his standards. Second um, half, most of those came in the second half. He was pretty, yeah. he struggled in that first half. So I, I, I think, I, I think we're going to see like a Stanford, like a Cal, like a Washington performance. And quite honestly, you think about it, those are three of the four or five best teams that play defense in the Pac-12 outside of Utah. 
Um, I, I just think we're going to see a really good game from Justin Herbert, and that's probably why they win this football game is because he comes in and just kind of wills their way to, to victory. Did, did you just give your why they win? Was that your why they win answer? Yes. yes. Also combined with your why they lose answer? Yeah. All right. I like how you did it. Very, very Yeah. Okay, well, so I'll give my why they win answer, which is I think they dominate in the trenches is, is, is why they win. Uh, I think – this has been billed as kind of a clash of titans between, you know, an organized football and that offensive line against Auburn's defensive line. I think why they win is I don't expect them to go out and Oregon runs for like 250 yards. I think yeah, that's, that's, that's a happen. little, that's a little optimistic against this Auburn front who has multiple guys that are going to be draft pick, a couple guys that could be first round picks in the next couple of years. But I, I could see a scenario here, you know, why they win is they, they actually win most of those battles and you see Verdell and you see die. Maybe Cyrus and Lakio plays a little bit more than expected. Maybe we see a little Darian Felix, but we see those guys go out there and they have some success. There's some holes opened up. They're getting, you know, six to eight yards on some first downs, you know, as opposed to being stuffed at the line of scrimmage and that group, which has again, been billed as one of the best in the country for Oregon is able to do some work against a really, really good defensive line and again, a good group of linebackers we should mention as well. And maybe it's not 250 yards, but maybe they run for a combined 200 yards and they have a couple rushing touchdowns. And there's maybe some explosive plays in the running game, which we didn't see much of last year. Um, and, and that's why they win the game is because they're able to establish some stuff up front. And then when Auburn has the football, they, they shut down that running game, which I think is sort of kind of how you have to do it. I think uh, if, if Auburn runs really, really well, it's going to make it hard to win the game, but if Oregon can get up there and, 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 and kind of impose its wills in the trenches on both sides and look, Mario Cristobal, that's what he wants to do. That's kind of how he wants his program to look. I think that's sort of why they win the game is they win in the trenches. Last season, Auburn only gave up 500 or 450 yards or more of offense twice. That was to Georgia and that was to Alabama. Both those teams went over 500. Two other times, an opponent went over 400 yards. So this isn't this the typical Oregon going out there and and rolling over 450, 500, 550 yards of offense. If they hit the 400 yard mark, that's a really good game for Oregon yep. offensively. Yeah, no, it is, and and my prediction would be that they would. I don't think they're going to get to 400. I really, I think, I you know, best case scenario, maybe they get close to that. But I think I agree. I think I think it's going to be a game where they maybe have 200 yards rushing and and. Maybe 100, and, well, maybe 150 yards rushing and 200 yards passing, somewhere in that range, and they're close to 400, but not quite. We're going to take a quick break here on the Ops and Audibles podcast, hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, welcome back to the Yachts and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem. Eric Scopel is with me as well. Kind of running through the last-minute notes, things you need to know about going about this Oregon versus Auburn football game, season opener 2019 season. Game will be played at AT&T Stadium where the Dallas Cowboys play in Dallas. I don't care that it's Arlington. They're called the Dallas Cowboys, so we're, we're going to call it Dallas. I'm, I'm, this is, I'm obsessing over this. I don't, I don't know why, but... It really bugs me when Arlington makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't quite get it either. I don't know what city we're supposed to be in or what the name of the game is officially, and that's confusing for for the way the season starts. All right, let's let's go into a couple predictions here. Um, we we still got we're gonna make our our, our game predictions, um, and that's gonna be what we do last. So. Who scores, Eric, Oregon's first points of the 2019 football season? I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's going to be a place kicker. Now, it makes it difficult because there are three oars, or two oars, I should say, at place kicker. There are three guys that they have yet to kind of determine who the winner of the job is. I'll give you all three of them. That way you can say just the kicker. Okay, I think a kicker. I think they're going to kick a field goal. I think they're going to – here's my prediction. For, I think they're going to drive the ball down the field, and they're going to kick – a 41-yard field goal. This goes with my prediction from yesterday that they'd make a 40-yard field goal. I think they're going to open the season making a 40-plus-yard field goal, and there's going to be some people who are really excited about that because last year <laughs> – You're going to be one of them. And I will be very – I will, yeah, my special team's obsessing. I will be very excited about the fact that they can make a 40-yard field goal because they could not do that last year. They didn't do it once. I think they're going to open – I think they're going to open on their first drive. I don't know who's going to get the ball first because I'm not Nostradamus here. I'm not going to pretend to know who's going to win the coin toss and what they're going to decide to do. But Oregon's first drive is going to result in a 40-plus yard field goal from whichever place kicker it is. I'm going with Jacob Breland. Yeah, you're sticking with your Breland love. Yes, I, I think Jacob Breland scores Oregon's first points. It's going to be a touchdown. All right. Herbert will obviously get some kind of attachment to that because he throws the pass. Um, I think Oregon scores a touchdown for their first points of the game. First quarter score. At the end of the first quarter, what is going to be the score? I think this is I, – I said in our predictions podcast yesterday that I think Oregon's going to get into Auburn territory three times and walk away with zero points. Uh, out of those, you know, obviously they're gonna do it more than three times, but I think three situations come up where, right. at least three, where it comes up and they, and they don't get points. I think one of those happens in the first quarter. Oregon closes out the first quarter with a seven to six lead over the Auburn Tigers. I think Auburn scores on their first two possessions, but it's kind of a old school OG Oregon football defense in the first quarter. Bend but don't break. They give up some plays, maybe a couple chunk plays here or there. But when their backs get put into that, into their own red zone, they don't allow a touchdown. And so they carry a 7-6 lead going into the second quarter. I, I think Oregon is going to trail after one quarter. I think they're going to have that field goal on their opening drive and people are going to get excited. That, hey, look, we have a kicker who can kick the ball from 40 yards. This is amazing. 
And then I think they're going to have some trouble. And I think Oregon will trail seven to three and Auburn will score a touchdown. I don't think it's going to be on Auburn's first drive of the game. I think it'll probably be somewhat later. I think Oregon's going to take a three zero lead. Um, but I think Auburn will score and it'll be seven three after one quarter. All right. Let's look at this game. Fourth quarter now. Okay. Is Oregon going to have to come from behind and win this football game? Or are they going to go into the fourth quarter with the lead and it's going to be up to the team, the team from a defensive standpoint to keep Auburn out and from an offensive standpoint, run out the clock and preserve the victory? I think it's going to be the latter. I think, I think Oregon is going to enter the fourth quarter leading something like, and I've, I don't think this is going to be a very high scoring game, and you'll see my prediction in a moment here, but I think Oregon is going to lead something like 14 to 10 or 17 to 10 or something in that range, maybe 21 to 14 as we go into the fourth quarter, a one score game, not very high scoring, and they're going to hold on and they're going to win. Auburn will score again to make it even closer maybe, but I think Oregon is going to end up winning this game very close, very low scoring. But with a lead, I think they're going to take control of the game in the second and third quarter. I think the third quarter is going to be their big quarter. We saw a little bit of that a year ago at times where they, they were a little better in the second half. So uh, I think Oregon at least go into the fourth and they hold on to win. I'm with you. I think Oregon goes into this fourth quarter with the lead. And I'm going to say it's a two-score lead. Mm. And I think it gets real, you know, going into the fourth, it's going to be Oh, this is, this is teetering into a game where Oregon just blows it open. They just need one more touchdown. They need one more touchdown to, to, to get the victory and, you know, make things not just a good win, but a blowout win. You know, I'm, I'm thinking something like, uh, 24 to, to 10 or something of that nature, 24 to 13 or 21 to 10. Um, I think Auburn comes roaring back in the fourth quarter, puts a ton of pressure on Oregon's offense to the point where it, it could be, 24-24, or it could be 24-21 to 21 or something of that nature, 24-23, whatever. Um, I think Oregon, you know, by the, by the skin of their teeth, is holding on to the lead late in the fourth quarter, and then they put together a drive uh, that, that comes out and, and wins them the football game. And um, that kind of goes into our score predictions. I kind of just gave away mine. Um, <laughs> I, I think Oregon wins. Um, I think it's going to be very, very close. And – I'm gonna change it. I, I think, I think it's, I, I, I've all week I've said 24, or 27-24, kinda that's where I, I think the game is, is going to be played. Um, I think it's gonna be 31 to 27. I think they maybe, you know, kick a field goal with 90 seconds left or 30 seconds left and, you know, force Auburn to have to score a touchdown instead of a field goal to win the game. Yeah, I, I think it's, I still think it's going to be a lower scoring. I'm still sticking with my Oregon wins something like 17 14, 17 13. Maybe they get to 21 17 somewhere. I think, I think the winner is going to score between 17 and 21 points. I think this is going to be pretty low scoring. Again, I could be totally wrong on this, but that's just sort of my, my expectation. Uh, and, and I sort of agree that I think this game, I'm going to guess what's going to happen is is Oregon's going to be leading. Auburn's going to maybe kick a field goal to make it a little close for, for comfort. Maybe then it becomes that 17-13 score. But Oregon has a drive with two to three minutes to go where they just kill the clock and they pick up a couple first downs on the ground. 
that offensive line wins the battles against Auburn's defensive line. Maybe it's a game where Oregon doesn't have a ton of success running through the first three quarters, but in that fourth quarter when they need it the most, that offensive line comes together and they, they carve enough, you know, they, they pick up enough first downs, they kill the clock, and they win the game with the ball in their possession with Justin Herbert taking a knee uh, and Oregon fans celebrating in, in Dallas Cowboys Stadium. So you're saying 17-13? So I, I I need I need an actual score one one score. Ooh, seventeen fourteen was what I said previously, and that's that's where I'll land. Is is it's going to be something something like that? Oh, seventeen thirteen makes more sense with my they kick a field goal angle, so I'll go seventeen thirteen. All right, so Eric is saying seventeen thirteen Oregon. I'm going to say thirty one twenty seven Oregon. Um, recap. I I think it's twenty eight twenty seven with maybe four minutes to go in the game, and Oregon kicks the field goal with. Minimal time left right. to, to to make it a, a a full touchdown that that's required to win the football game from Auburn. They obviously don't do it. Uh, that's gonna wrap it up here on the Austin Audible's podcast. Uh, game week is finally over. Game day is tomorrow. Uh, if Eric or I don't make it, it's because we had too much barbecue and we died in in, <laughs> in Dallas, Texas. But I have full confidence that both of us will be at. AT&T Stadium, middle of the day. I think we're shooting to be there a couple hours before kickoff. We'll have a Facebook Live. We'll get you covered throughout the day leading up to football and then throughout the football game and then into the night, uh, the Texas evening, as we cover Oregon-Auburn, first game of the football season. It's finally here. Adios, amigos.